the Spanish announce table. It is episode 379, Tom. We are inching ever closer to episode 400. <clears throat> we got to figure out what the hell we're going to do for that. Of the Spanish announce table. Everyone, welcome. And I mean, everyone is welcome, except you. You know who you are. But you know who you are. You do know who you are. I won't. We actually said your name that one time in that one episode, so Mm -hmm. we actually do have that one person. Yeah. Yeah. Listen back if you didn't know who that was. Yeah, go back and listen to every episode ever and figure it out. Figure it out. You can join the club. You can join the Table Nation, and you can do that in a myriad of ways besides just going back and listening to old episodes. You can tweet at us. Use hashtag TweetTheTable. You can follow us on the Twitter at Table Show. Uh, You subscribe to the podcast. You can catch us live as we simulstream. On YouTube and Twitter and Tom, WrestleMania happened. We got to talk some about that. We're not a WWE primarily focused show anymore in these days because it's not that great. It sucks. Um, but the biggest event of the year, and there's some notable things we'll discuss throughout the show. And, of course, we will talk about AEW Dynamite because that was a fun show. And we've got some news in the pro wrestling world. And we've got some tweet the tables like I mentioned before. And, God damn it, all of that is jam-packed into your favorite podcast uh, coming up over the next hour, two hours or so. But what is going on in Tom's life? How's Tom doing? Tim, Tim, it is the Spanish announce table. Run with it or run from it, motherfuckers. We are going to be having the time of our lives tonight. We got to talk some things about WrestleMania. We got to talk some things, some dynamite. We're going to hear from Table Nation. We're going to hear some news. We're going to educate you. We're going to have fun. We're going to cry. We're going to laugh. We might hug. Who knows? It's a crazy episode on Twitter and on YouTube and on your podcast listening devices. I tell you what, let's get to the news. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to the news. Do I have the news up? See, you know, Bobby who <coughs> Bobby Heenan School of Journalism here. Let's yeah. let's go into the first news story. WWE is teaming with NBC Universal to create a new drama based on the operations of a wrestling promotion. The new show. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Gee, wonder where they came up with the idea for this. The new show titled... They know how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. You're right, yeah. I'm sure it's full of drama, though. The new show titled Pinned will see Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, Chris Kaiser, writer-producer Craig O'Neill, and Fox Sports reporter Tom Rinaldi act as executive producers for the series. A description of the show is as follows. You're right, Tom Rinaldi? Tom, Tom Rinaldi. Rinaldi is in this? Executive, do you remember Tom well, no, Rinaldi? He's, he's the executive producer for the series. I know, but do yeah. you remember him and ESPN doing those long-form features at the fucking Masters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now yeah. he's in our sewage? Yeah, yeah. All right, description of the show. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. An adrenalized upstairs, downstairs soap that gives a behind-the-scenes look at a fictional wrestling promotion. Fictional, wink. And the unforgettable characters that populate it. Pinned offers a front-row seat into the eccentric wrestling culture and the mayhem that exists between the locker room and the boardroom. WWE is also developing the scripted series The United States of America vs. Vince McMahon, Oh, uh, done with Bloomhouse Television, which is about the steroid trial in 1994 involving McMahon and the company. <clears throat> Man, they love to talk about that steroid trial. 
I love that. Okay, let's start with that show. First off, you dumb motherfucker. You weren't Larry Flint in the sense that you were fighting for some type of art to be displayed across the world, whether people agreed or disagreed with it. Right. You yeah. were fucking illegally distributing steroids yeah. to people. Yeah, this That's wasn't you weren't was. doing something in protest. <laughs> yes. This was not yeah. some type of I, I understand the case was the United of... States of America versus Vince McMahon. That's him. not what like it was steroids. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I'm illegally distributing steroids to my workers and telling them they should be taking it. And allegedly. He was. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, but, but again, it doesn't matter in my opinion. The whole steroid thing never mattered because, uh, fun fact, it's scripted and uh, you can look however you want as long as you're not physically hurting people, right? Like you shouldn't be doing that in fighting sports. Cause if you're bigger, faster, stronger, that could kill someone. So if it's all scripted, just theater performances, which it is fucking, it's not a sport. We've gone through that discussion before. Uh, then look, however you want, take as many fucking fun drugs as you can. Cause I don't give a shit. If you want to do it, that's your life. Now that being said, I think, uh, it's bullshit because it was just what the trial was called, not the actual stance for something heroic, like, you know, Rosa Park uh, refusing to uh, go to the back of the bus. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. So get the fuck over yourself. Second, this show pinned. I am so excited for it to be canceled after three episodes. Who the fuck cares and is going to think it's interesting that they have their hand in what's captivating for a wrestling promotion they can't even fucking write a show week to week before the show is due they're doing it while it's on air so why well, the fuck do the, i think this show the is writing be will cool. probably be better for that because of that um but you know this whole like fictional wrestling thing like they are going to squeeze in so many of these stories that we've already heard but we're just going to get mcmahon's spin on it which is going to be mm -hmm. just not real to yeah. any extent so yeah i'm not super excited about that one at all not really no i look as fun as the rock show is i've caught a couple episodes but it's not must see tv even yeah. if pin does reinvent the wheel for what this show could be like you know if they do hit a home run i still don't think that that's going to move the needle yeah yeah but in fact I, I watched all of the young rocks in the first season when the second season come around i haven't sought it out and that's oh really? What, you know was what the mean? first season good? Yeah, it was all right. I, I think just it was more because, it, like you know, I was looking to see what stories he told of the old folks and all that. But at that point, that stuff runs dry, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can only see him emulate Andre the Giant, you know, seven times or whatever before you're like, all right, I get it. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I thought was interesting is just who he bumped shoulders with. So, for example, I saw one episode where he went to the University of Miami and one of the offensive coordinators was Ed Ergeron, who right. would then later uh, be the head coach of LSU and win a national championship. So I thought that was interesting, right? Like, yeah. okay, he knew him. But the story itself of being hazed by the, uh, you know, upperclassmen, I mean, we've seen that song and dance for hundreds of years, you know? So, anyhow. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next news story the 
The Ormond Beach Observer in Florida, I don't know if I said that correctly, uh, the Ormond part, not the Florida part, uh, reported today that WWE Hall of Famer Tammy Sonny Sitch was involved in a three-car accident that led to the death of one of the other drivers on March 25th. <clears throat> the report states Sitch failed to stop at 8.28 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and crashed into a stop vehicle, which then crashed into a vehicle that was stopped in front of it. 8.28. Wow. Mm-hmm. The driver well, of the stopped car, do what? I was going to say, that's pretty fast to go. Like, how fast are you going to hit someone to, to then hit have someone. them hit someone else? Right. And, and cause, yeah, hit someone like, yeah, you can bump, but like to hit someone and cause a death. And anyway, mm-hmm. the driver of the stopped car stuck by, struck by Sitch was pronounced dead after being rushed to Halifax Health Medical Center. Sitch was hospitalized as well, but later released. The driver who was killed in the accident, uh, yeah, I won't say the name. I, you know, you can look that up if you want. A search warrant was approved and executed to obtain a blood sample of Sitch. The police are using the sample to investigate if she was impaired at the time of the crash. Toxicology results are pending. <clears throat> and I think we've written a story like this several times throughout the show. Not the death part, but I think we'll, we know the results of that toxicology report already. Yeah, I mean, again, hopefully not, right? Someone lost their life. I would hope that it wasn't due to someone being impaired. Right. Right. Um, That's very tragic. It's very sad. It just, yeah, in the history of this show, it feels like the only time that we talk about Sonny is in these kind of stories, and it's just sad. At this point, it's, I don't even know, because we've even talked about how she's checked into rehab, and she's, gone to jail for, you know, uh, violating probation and things of that nature. So I just, I don't, I don't know. It just feels like one of the things where we're going to hear the real bad story and then be like, well, we kind of saw it coming. The thing that I hope for is, you know, again, whatever comes out of this comes out of it, but then a DDP or a Jake, the snake can like grab her and take her to the whatever that ddp house is called or whatever and just you know let's get you back on track with a clear mindset now again we don't know the results of these this could have literally been someone's running late to an appointment you you speed through some things and it happens and again that's not great but i'm just saying it could be that but as you said We've heard these stories before, so it's not going to be shocking if it turns out that those uh, reports or those investigations into her blood alcohol level may come back a little dirty. Well, listen, this is easier said than done. Oh, of course. uh, Get help, man. You know, to anybody listening, if you're struggling with similar issues, like... Well, and especially her, that's where I'm hoping that a DDP or, you know, Buff Bagwell, I've just seen recently on Twitter, he's now at the DDP house and he's going through his own, you know, rehab process that I don't necessarily think it revolves around drugs. Now, I, I don't know his full story. I think there was some alcohol. There was an arrest, wasn't there? A DUI or something? I, I don't remember. Recently? But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's got, he's got trauma. In right, his, that's what I'm saying. So that, yeah. he's going through his stuff at the DDP house. So it doesn't have to be the Jake the Snake doing every drug that's around him kind of story. It can be just someone's cry for help, which, again, seems to be sunny right now. Yeah, it is sad. I, I agree with you. It's sad. All right, we'll go to our final news story here. Whew. NXT Tag Team Champion, Nash Carter. 
was released from WWE this week after an old picture surfaced in social media that shows Carter with a Hitler mustache and performing a Nazi salute. Carter has also been accused of physical domestic abuse by his wife, Kimberly. Nash Carter and others on his behalf have challenged these accusations of domestic abuse and have said Kimberly is merely angry at being served divorce papers. So that part, I mean, hey, I, I've no, yeah, you know, all we've know. seen are pictures that she posted online of her, of her of her face beat up. Now she's a professional wrestler, so that's his statement back. Like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, you know how many times she's got to like that's not on me. She's mad at me for you know this stuff. And then I think because of her, somehow these pictures came out. I'm not 100 percent sure if that's correct or not, but these photos come out of him clear as day, Hitler mustache. Nazi salute, and yeah, you're losing your job when you do that, right? Like, and I know people be like, "Hey, it's ten years old, it's ten year or whatever," right? And and I, I hear you on that, right? Like, you could have been a stupid kid hanging around with wrong people and gotten a dumb photo like that, right? So, I mean, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say never again, do whatever, but like, I would think WWE would also have asked that question, right? Like, how recent was this? Are you a fucking Nazi? Or not, you know what I mean? Like, what do we got to do here? And to let him go leads me to believe they believe is probably warranted to let him go. And so um, I'm not feeling too bad for the guy at the moment, if I got to be honest. Well, and also I think from a WWE perspective, you know, he's not Roman Reigns, right? Mm -hmm. So are we really wanting to fight a battle, even if it is true, to go through this malarkey, right? Like, maybe not, right? Right. Uh, the thing that I think is interesting, though, is uh, this was reported when yesterday, correct? I think so, yeah. So you would think, now again, who the fuck knows with this backward-ass company, but you would think they would have that information, do their own research and investigation, and then make a decision. So then, I don't know, maybe have them lose the fucking titles at your stand and deliverer uh pay-per-view because now it looks fucking weird for a viewer to say like hey where's the other guy's tag team partner they're the tag team champs so again that's the part where we go back to the first story of pinned the wacky things of being a promoter it's like tell that story you fucking idiots something else that i like for wwe if you're gonna say hey if any social media stuff pops up from years ago that that shows you doing like a nazi salute they had to fire that other girl who was dating seth rollins at the time for this remember Mm -hmm. um then we're gonna get rid of you well it is not difficult to have an it team that can like scan everybody's social media pretty quickly and look for things that might be a problem why aren't you already doing (laughs) how did this guy manage to get here right like now that's what i mean like i don't know if this was something hidden before that was now not hidden because of this spout with his with his spouse I, I don't know of that that part of it to be honest. So who knows? But yeah, right, ooh. that kind of stuff. But again, it's just I, like the 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 personal stuff with whoever this guy is and his girlfriend or wife mm-hmm. or whatever it Nash is. Carter. And I don't know. Carter, I think it was, yeah. yeah, that stuff. I don't have an opinion on because I don't know. Right, we don't we have all don't the information. There's not enough info out either to to for anybody to have an opinion on it. If, if we're being so honest, that is not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on. WWE, again, you would hope would be doing their due diligence as far as investigating this. And then if doing so, they fired them on a Tuesday, 
then the Saturday or whatever stand and deliver was Saturday or Sunday before you just have him drop the titles. And guess what? If he's cleared, you have him fucking win him back again. Like right. <laughs> I just, what a uh, yeah. fucking, they're so incompetent at every single level of this company. I wouldn't be shocked if the damn front desk secretary answers the phone and accidentally says WCW. <laughs> like they're so fucking dumb. Like, Tell me the smart people in that fucking room. Who is like, it? WWF. God shit. WWE. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like at this point, I get it. Oh, the money that they're making. That's greed. That's greed. Motherfuckers. Anyone can be greedy. If you just want to be an asshole, that doesn't prove anything to me. What I want to know at this point in 2022 with the whole history of 2020 and 2021 and the firings and the bad business practices. And now we're going into this with this, drop the ball decision where your current champion has to be released. Who is the smart person in the fucking room at that company at any goddamn level, any of them, like you guys are such an embarrassment. Like that's why I don't like any of the stuff. The stories suck, which we'll get to in in WrestleMania, but the company itself is like, well, we're going to talk about it. Let's just kind of transition away from the news and into this WrestleMania was here. And we're talking about highest grossing WrestleMania. You brought up a good point offline. Is that accounting for inflation? But that aside, let's say it is. The product is bad. If you talk to anybody who has any kind of background or history in performance art storytelling, they will tell you this shit is bad. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not good. But yet it's making more money than it ever made in history. So, like, there's a time where you just kind of can't. There's a time where you start shitting gold nuggets, but you do so you just it justifies every stupid decision you have. Does that make sense? Like they think everything I've done is leading me to more money, so fuck it, I'm gonna keep doing it. And it just gets bad. This is what happened to if this isn't happening to WWE, and I the scale is different, the time is different, but like when WCW just had too much money and Mm -hmm. was making too much money to understand how fucked up they started appearing, right? Like and I just don't, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, when Vince is gone and the power struggle that inevitably happens, that may eventually start to be the downfall of the company because, like, there is a clear cut, this guy is in charge of everything mm-hmm. right now. And when he's gone, mm-hmm. that likely won't be the case. That's not how corporate structure is really built anymore. And so that's where the infightings and the politics and the, and the you know what I mean, the stuff starts to play out later. So I don't know, man. It just, nobody seems to be making competent decisions that follow a logical sense. Well, and to me with WWE making the most money they've ever made before and all of that, I think that's happenstance. I think they lucked into that because the way television has gone is that everything can be watched at their own time, except for live events, football, baseball, basketball, most sports. And then with pro wrestling, because of dirt cheats and things like that, you want to watch that live because if you don't, three seconds after it happens on Twitter, you're going to see 10 tweets about it, right? Uh, if your interest is pro wrestling, you're going to see it from someone, whether it's hate or it's love, you're going to see it, right? I, I think of it like when the pandemic happened and toilet paper prices just went sky, you know, rocketed yeah. over Toilet the paper moon. companies didn't suddenly start making toilet paper better. 
Exactly. And WWE just didn't start making the best stories. They just happened to be in the live entertainment industry, which TV is trying to not have people cut the cord. So they're paying. And they already had, they were there first. They had the deals and McMahon knows how to like secure uh, exclusive rights and deals and stuff like that. So when the time came, he was the only player in town. Exactly. And so, yeah, you, you know, yeah, they're the toilet paper of, making money where it's just yeah yeah, because that's what everyone fucking was going after like you just happened to do it it wasn't you weren't the genius it's live entertainment and that's what your fucking thing is so that's where the money went lucky you like there's no fucking they're the toilet paper television yeah they really are it's fucking embarrassing but i might name the episode that (laughs) i think you should let's talk about uh wrestlemania because again, we're going to talk about the good show, AEW Dynamite, in just a moment. But we got to get through the the sewage of WrestleMania because I thought it was fine. Um, I did. I think the event itself, if I went, like if Tim, if you were like, hey, as a nine-year podcast anniversary gift, we're going to WrestleMania. And we went to WrestleMania. I would leave there going like, that was fun. Right? Yeah. Now, at no point did I say like, I have to watch Monday because of X, nothing of that. It was just a fun, silly pro wrestling event. Here's what I want to say before we get into the tweet the tables. My observation. If Pat McAfee, Logan Paul, and to a lesser extent, but still Johnny Knoxville is going out there, cutting it up, looking like they could win the fucking intercontinental title next week. Maybe you pro wrestlers need to fucking guard the business better because it doesn't make you look that great when Pat McAfee looks like he could be the fucking U.S. champion, right? Or Logan Paul looks like he could, you know, uh, be the secondary story on SmackDown in three months. Like, you guys have been saying you're going to be doing this. You've been doing this since you were a kid. And these motherfuckers aren't doing this full time or even really paying attention to it. And they're killing it. Here's what I don't think is a dumb decision, right? If WWE is like, if they were to become self-aware and be like, we don't know how to make new stars anymore. But if they get a guy like Logan Paul who's like, hey, I did that. That was fun. I would throw every fucking dollar at him to get him to do it full time. He has a built-in fan base. He's athletic. You train him. Well. And then become the fucking Dancing with the Stars of pro wrestling and just fucking, like, if you can't come up with the fucking characters, give me somebody who already is one. Johnny Knoxville's old and that's dumb, right? Yeah. And that was just a shtick. And right, that was to a lesser one. extent. Pat McAfee, like, okay, NFL player. Pat McAfee I guess. killed it. You know what I mean? But he you killed it. I mean? he's, he's, a, he's a dude. So, like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, if you, if at least there's a personality there, but don't just put him in a one off with the fucking Miz and then I'm never going to see him again. Just well, I think for them, they're like, I'm not putting my body through it. I'll do a podcast or I'll do my, you know, live right. YouTube show and that's going to well, make me just saying. as much I money. Would, I would have to, you would have to outbid that. You have to be like, listen, you yeah, know I mean? but do yeah, this for two right. years and fucking make. 50 mil or something, you know? But I guess my point is, and I'm only using these guys as the example. I'm not saying it's the fact, but if Logan Paul is coming in, looking every bit the same as Kofi Kingston, what does that say about Kofi Kingston? You get what I'm saying? Like, that's where maybe these fucking pro wrestlers need to start boxing out these celebrities because Bad Bunny, Shaquille O'Neal. Now, Shaquille O'Neal wasn't, like, he was danced around right but like bad bunny did some good shit logan paul now did some good shit pat mcafee did it with adam cole and now did it with austin theory so it's like hey 
you pro wrestlers that keep telling us it's so hard and i've been doing this don't my try whole this life. at home well and just like you don't understand the difficult like motherfuckers it doesn't look that hard if this if this part-time youtuber came in and did it now i know it's just a one-off but he had more charisma than 98 percent of the other matches and so that's what i'm saying is like if he's just doing this when he's also you know, training for Floyd Mayweather, doing a full-time podcast, and then running around with his younger brother doing dumb shit. Maybe you're not that fucking talented. Well, and let's and let's think about this, <laughs> right? If you're like, hey, let's capitalize on the Bad Bunny. The kids love the Bad Bunny. Let's capitalize on the Logan Paul because the kids love the Logan Paul. Why don't you pay somebody who's like of that age to kind of come in and explain what it is about those guys that makes them cool to the kids? And start mm -hmm. tailoring your talent roster <clears throat> around people who share those fucking characteristics. Yeah. I, I mean, right. That would be from the business side. I just thought the entire time that, like, if I'm the next indie darling, I'm fucked. Because these celebrities can do it better than I can, right? I've been fighting six years in the armory trying to just get WWE to look at me and fucking... What happened to the podcast you know, world? The next... <clears throat> Podcasts right, were a hot fire, and then every celebrity made one, and now nobody can, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's like, oh, I'll do a podcast, and it's like, you're a dork. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not this one, of course. And so, no, no, this no, is the best. But famous. that was my observation, is after two nights with all of the celebrity involvement, I just thought, like, maybe pro wrestlers yeah. have been doing the smoke and mirrors with us, telling about how difficult and how intricate these matches are, and, oh, let's call it on the fly, brother. Like, maybe fucking not. My main <laughs> maybe takeaway... Excuse me, my main takeaway was everything we said leading into it is that it it just is there. It's okay. It's not great. They lean too hard on nostalgia and just we're like Cody Rhodes is back, right? We'll get into that. We'll talk about that too. It's like no. Cody Rhodes is back. It was like, oh my god, what story did they tell about that? Seth Rollins was looking for an opponent forever, and McMahon just named him the night of when the music hit. And that's like, that's it. I'm like that. And everybody's like, yeah, but the match was great. And I'm like, I, again, Logan Paul can go out there and do the fucking moves. So yeah. like the moves don't fucking matter. Give right. me the fucking storyline and the rising action and the conflict and the fucking, come on. And, like, <laughs> and the payoff. Just, yeah. Like what? Like that was the big reveal. It's like, and it's Cody Rhodes. Again, if I, only watch WWE, which is what McMahon professes, right? Some people only watch WWE and they only watch Raw, not SmackDown. Then I thought Cody Rhodes died. So, like, why would I give a fuck that Stardust is back here all of a sudden with a weird tattoo on his neck? Like, wouldn't that just be like, oh, I, yeah, I remember that guy. Wasn't he in the fucking legacy? So, like, I don't, I don't that was my main takeaway. It's just, it's cementing more of the, like, they really are just, like, spinning the wheel like stop yeah. it and be like well, oh okay they're, they're pulling names they out of a hat they're just like yeah, this match yeah and they can't even explain the reasoning behind the decisions right as far as a storyline i get it with like hey we wanted the AEW guy to take a shot at AEW. i understand the real implications of why they signed cody right but in the kayfabe world why would cody agree to a match with seth rollins and again, was it the just the opportunity well, yeah, like in the kayfabe world, like, like, yeah, just like, where did fucking Cody Rhodes go? Why is he back? Why is he suddenly got a 
fucking tattoo and why is suddenly everybody fucking cheering for him <laughs> like i don't well and like, yeah. but like and okay so he wanted to come back that's great cool but yeah uh did he say i want to fight seth rollins and that's why seth rollins got on the wrestlemania card or was it seth rollins got on the wrestlemania card and hey we need someone that has a warm body and cody rhodes raised his hand we don't even know the backstory of how the match what we know is there's nothing to it sure we know mcmahon said sure seth rollins you'll get a match all you had to do was ask stop being a fucking weirdo which is fine right great fine yeah sure storytelling mcmahon hates weirdos and here he is being a weirdo but he's like Mm -hmm. you'll get one of my choosing normally that's when mcmahon's annoyed he sends out a killer who destroys somebody it's like amos right yeah but when we get to raw and we'll talk more about cody and tweet table here when we get to raw cody's like i'm back because i want to do what my father never could surprisingly i don't know if you were aware of this dusty Rhodes, his dad um what yeah and so he said wow and so he says right I, wow kind of hard so that's why it's the american nightmare you see what it, it was the american oh. dream american nightmare because <laughs> this is a night so he said so he wow. says well i'm here to do what my father never did be like well then so here's what happened vince mcmahon is in his office one day they get the paperwork is like hey we're talking to cody rhodes again he wants to come back he wants to work for us again. Be like, why does he want to work for us again? Well, he wants to do what his father never never could. Be like, okay, that's great. I got the perfect spot for him. Seth Rollins is gonna was bothering me later, and I need a, a random opponent. That's a shitty story. <laughs> like, that's dumb. But that's not even – but we're just guessing. That's the thing. That's my point is we're just guessing that that's yeah. the story. No one even fucking put the effort to tell us that was the story. I could even yeah, be like, that was raw dumb. For me to even get that piece of the puzzle for me to make the connection. Right, but like – I if vince would have literally said that this is the story i'm just annoyed by seth this fucking guy wants to work for the company there you go wrestlemania get out of my face okay well that's kind of dumb but like it's a story now i understand why they're gonna punch each other in the face but if they just go into the ring and hey a wrestlemania win gets me high on the you know in the yeah but none of that was explained to the audience none of that was explained to the audience it was just hey but so help me tom apparently as we keep finding out I just didn't give a shit that this wasn't explained to them. I knew nobody oh. will tell us why. Let's yeah. Uh, do you have that Cody Rhodes tweet <laughs> table? Let's just get into that one. All right, first, we got two. We got we'll... two. So I'll start with yeah. that one with one of them here. At uh, Devil Vamp says, "Finally, I can hear Cody's music. I can actually hear the lyrics. It's a freaking miracle." Hashtag tweet the table. Now. Devil Vamp is always shit on AW for their production, which we have as well, and you can't hear their music mm-hmm. well. And so that's mm-hmm. fun storytelling there. And um, I think it's interesting, right? He brought his music over. Like, they work a little, you know, more friendly than they let on in the in – the, I think there's a friendly rivalry going on amongst the two companies, right, where mm-hmm. WWE's like, look, they're not – you know what I mean? Like, we're making ten times what they make. You know what I mean? Like, we don't give a shit. Um, but, like, they also don't want to lose, right, <laughs> like in ratings, so they're going to, like – but like, sure, right? We'll buy the music from you because we don't have to worry about looking like we're you know second to you or anything like that. So that was interesting. Um, he comes with his music and his kind of the same gimmick, right? We just pluck Cody Rhodes from AEW right and into that AEW, was, or to WWE, and that was that was somewhat interesting. So let's move past the plot holes and the inconsistencies and just the the stupidity of the kayfabe booking of this match, right? Let's move past that. 
I did think it was interesting and somewhat surreal that just like you said, it was the AEW wrestler, 100% get up music, uh, move style, finisher, everything. It was an AEW wrestler wrestling at WrestleMania. That just on like visually was captivating. I will say that it was like, wow, there is no difference between this Cody Rhodes and the Cody Rhodes we saw uh, lose to Sammy Guevara in that ladder match, however many weeks ago, right? That's pretty wild that WWE didn't touch it at all. Pretty crazy. Now, Cody Rhodes, this is where the disconnect happens for me. Well, actually, let, let's read the second one, and then maybe okay. uh, he touches on it, and then yeah. I'll go on. Well, at the Iceman Forever, which, by the way, we haven't heard from the Iceman in a while. Iceman! Iceman? Yeah! Yeah, Iceman. Uh, says, even though it was a great promo, I kind of was expecting a little more from Cody. With that said, I'm hoping for some awesome things during this run. Hashtag Tweet the Table. And yeah, I'm hoping for awesome things, too. I do think Cody Rhodes, in, a in his AEW run, fell flat and it didn't hit and but i i've always thought cody rhodes had a lot of potential and a lot mm -hmm. of charisma to be a star i just think what came off in AEW and kind of felt like was his real personality is how it came off i could be wrong could all been worked could be a major mark here for that right but was that he really wants everybody to view him like the american dream dusty Rhodes, and they don't right and like not that they're like far from that but they're not right there, right? We're all like, yeah, we like Cody Rhodes. We like Seth Rollins too. And we like this guy too. Yeah. But he wants like everybody to be like, it's John Cena just came in the place, right? Like that. And and I and it felt like he was a little perturbed by that. And so mm -hmm. his raw pr promo, as we've said, he can cut a good promo and it was good, but it kind of felt that same way. And so now I'm a little worried that like we're going to do the same thing. So a couple of things uh, that I want to respond to. One, I thought his AEW run was phenomenal. The thing that kicked him in the ass, and I think I said this a few times on the podcast while he was doing it, is he ran through all of his stories so quick, right? He had the best friend turn on him in Sean Spears. Then he had the protege turn on him in MJF. Yeah. Then he lost his championship opportunity to Chris Jericho. Like he did all of that yeah. in a year and a half. By the time like he was up for his contract, it was like, dude, you know, Kenny Omega still has 13 more stories. And I'm making that number up, but like he still has 13 more stories we can tell with him. Hankman has a hundred more stories we can tell with him. Cody, we kind of had the 10 ready for you and we told all 10. And now that's why people are booing you because we're done. Right. Like creatively, we're done. But this is what's good about multiple companies existing now, right? Like we can do right. this. Go yes. tell other stories now, with other people. Even if they're similar stories, it will be new right. characters, you know? Now, with Cody, the thing that instantly fell flat for me on Monday was that the coolest thing for me watching Cody in AEW was the chip on his shoulder. So the guy that said, I'm outside of the machine and I'm going to make it. I'm going to be the one that, you know, puts a company on my back or puts a storyline on my back and makes money and tells you I fucking did it. And that can be admirable and that can be cool. But then when you go into the machine and you say, I'm doing like, nah, that that's when it does. It feels disingenuous. It feels that. like it was all yeah. disingenuous. And I mean, you know, now, look, 
Hey man, the other money thing. is money. I know it. And, and you know, right, of course I get it. The other thing though, that's came to my mind after watching some of the interviews, if you watch his interview with Ariel Hawani, for example, or if you even just watch that promo he did on Monday, I think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors to Cody and how dumb he actually is. And I'm not trying to be insulting in that way, but if you talk like this and you say, Hey, Tim, I'm a well-read person. Let me tell you about a quote I just recently came by. It's from a book that you've never fucking heard of. And I'm going to tell you that quote. Isn't that interesting? Right. And then you go like, you didn't say anything. And also fun fact, you fucking quoted Kung Fu Panda and not even a fucking book. That's a fact. Go watch the promo. That's what he did. So like, because he has a presence and cadence, it seems more put together than let's just say uh sammy guevara right but like that doesn't necessarily mean that he's any smarter or saying anything more interesting this is similar to (laughs) the rock and i know that may sound a little often but like the rocks promos were amazing because the rock has timing and charisma Mm -hmm. and like he knows how to capture the crowd but, like, if other people went out and said what The Rock was saying, we'd be like, you are saying a bunch of fucking nonsense. Like, right. it, it, mm-hmm. it's childish humor. It's nonsense, right? But yet, the cool guy in the room says it. It's, it's suddenly different, right? And that's kind of thing is, like, Cody Rhodes has gotten some of that down, right? He's got, again, he is Dusty Rhodes' son. He did grow up watching this. He did grow up wanting to emulate his father. And so he's probably honed that craft. But that substance isn't quite there like Dusty yeah had because again dusty lived a different life than cody rhodes did Mm -hmm. you know what i mean well it just it's just now those quotes just seem hollow from him Mm -hmm. this time around for whatever reason and i think the reason is is because when he said we're starting aew to do a revolution and you know i'm never gonna leave here And, and i understand things can change i'm not saying like things can't change but then when you say like come here wwe was the easiest thing in the world I've, everyone thought it was hard. I totally easy. I think you're just saying that to be interesting. I think it was fucking difficult for you to leave. I don't think anyone with a, now again, maybe he's a psychopath, but I don't think anyone can just be like, Hey, I created something. I'm going to fucking leave it. I don't give a shit. I'm out of here. I put a lot of work into that. Yeah, I'm out. Like you're a psycho. If that was so easy to leave. Anyhow. Yeah. What else? Do we got? Yeah. yeah. What else? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk some other mania tweet the tables here at, Mr. Fourthrow says, I'm old enough to remember Sanford and Son, the phrase build a better mousetrap, and when WrestleMania had an attendance of 101,000 people. Hashtag I was there. Hashtag tweet the table. Because, um, yeah, I think, did they try to say there was 100,000 people there? They didn't. Did they? I think there was, there was like 70,000 people there, which is No, still they said people. it the first time. They said it that the first time they were in Dallas. Right. Was when it was Roman and Triple H, they said it was 101,000. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Here's the I mean, thing look, they're still filling out trip. an entire stadium, right? Oh, like, it's no, yeah. now who knows how many of those are comps, but anyhow, um, well, who knows if they're $25 seats and right, you know, right. Two for right. ones. Uh, I will say this about Johnny Knoxville credit to that weird, dumb motherfucker and his life experiences to instantly know what was wrong with the mousetrap and how to fix it in real time. Did you catch that? <laughs> like, yeah. He's been around mousetraps for so fucking long. 
that he instantly identified oh it's this i gotta push that and then it'll go which is weird because like i mean i imagine like they yeah they've come to know troubleshooting and maybe know how to think through things before they start rolling tape of hey if this happens then we do this if this happens then we do this um but uh correct me if i'm wrong a lot of the jackass stuff isn't necessarily live right they may record it live to tape but like yeah that idea that he can think on the fly and be like we need to fucking mm-hmm. guy this back together and yeah i i just thought it was yeah i just thought it was interesting that the only person in the eighty thousand people that were in that arena that knew how to fix that issue that quickly was johnny knoxville it was johnny just knoxville. so silly yeah yeah so um, credit to Sami Zayn too credit man he looked like an idiot the entire time and did awesome oh but yeah i mean and look i mean yes the theme of jackass was prevalent in the match right with all the stunts and the and the this stuff but like and and credit to Sami Zayn for not looking too out of place in that yeah he did well did great yeah, he did well uh at theo 75 says wow steve austin i was expecting will sasso dressed up like stone cold steve austin hashtag tweet the table um okay man this one kind of made me sad it started slow and i texted you like god damn he's moving like molasses i will credit him for this they did pick it up and it looked like if you just tuned in once they reached the outside and he took like that suplex on the the concrete that started to look like your bread and butter stone cold steve austin match it didn't start that way it took it was like a it was like a 1998 s10 pickup it took a, a while to get to second gear but once they did then it was a smooth ride right yeah the th- mm. Tim, this is what does no one fuck. Mm. Does does no one fucking get how dumb that whole storyline was? Again, kayfabe. We're we're jumping in as if this is real. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a man who we know will kick anyone's ass or fight anyone at the drop of a hat for the smallest of justifications. For nothing right for nothing he'll, he'll make one up exactly he'll just be like i don't like the way you looked at me he beat up taz uh during the invasion because he wore orange and didn't wear the fucking t-shirt that everyone else he beat did. up hugh morris right? because he didn't like his name right exactly so so that's stone cold steve austin right and so why in the fuck did kevin owens do a talk show to then abruptly cut it to say i tricked you and i want to fight you and i want to fight you with no rules but i'm not actually going to have any advantage with like anyone coming towards uh me or anyone or coming towards me to help me or anything like that it's just going to be a normal fight that that's that's the dumbest well, logical <clears throat> fucking story i've ever heard in my life and so we're going into the, you know, like you said, he's he's coming out for the for the talk show, talk right? Show. He said he might fight you, but he's in his wrestling gear. He's got his knee braces on. He's and got, you know, what I mean, like boots. the yeah. knee braces and the wrestling boots. We've seen him fight just to fight in sh- in jeans, and boots. He doesn't need. He never came to when he just thought I'm gonna fight somebody in just like a street fight in his knee braces and shit. So like already it's like, I was like, all right, we are actually getting this match. Like the moment I saw him, I was like, Oh, holy shit. 
like this actually is happening, right? Which I kind of, I guess I expected that anyway, but like it was finally solidified. The story, it was like, damn, they're really going to go through with this. Yeah, but the story and the and the lack of surprise where he said, I tricked you. Why? Why did you have, feel the we, need yeah, to trick the guy that would fight this, anyone? But we all kind of, he even said, he even said in his promo, like, call this whatever the fuck you want. I'm coming up to whoop your ass. So like, now right, that he's like, I so, tricked you, I want a match. He's like, good motherfucker. Whap. <laughs> like what? Yeah, it, it just made Kevin Owens look dumber. And, Dumb. And, and yes. let's jump. Yeah, let's look. Let's jump out of kayfabe for just a second. And I'm gonna be just peeking behind the curtain, guessing on some stuff here, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna say, hey, Stone Cold Steve Austin, at 57 years old, does not want to come out in black trunks and wrestle a match in front of 80,000 people. He would like to be staying in AEW and wear a T-shirt. You could still build a fucking match between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin and in classic Stone Cold Steve Austin fashion, start it in the back and have him jump Kevin Owens or have Kevin Owens jump him and then they just fight to the ring in their fucking street gear. Like, yeah, he that's could have as been easy like, as it had to be. He been like, you stupid son of a bitch, banging his head on things all the way up. Right. I would love that. The crowd would have been going nuts. Tired, yeah, been like, he this is said, great. Yeah, he could have grabbed a cameraman, follow me, I'm tired of waiting, bangs on Kevin Owens' door, that doesn't open. He gets some type of contraption, right? He gets a jackass fucking b- bazooka gun thing, knocks the door down, grabs Kevin Owens, and they start fighting. Hey, he's in his fucking t-shirt like Sting, but that's what he wanted, and there we go. It's like, that's... I just came up with that in four fucking seconds. And these dumb motherfuckers thought that a talk show that then would be cut off and then Stone Cold Steve Austin would be hoodwinked was fucking better. You well, idiots. Again, so idiots. I know we keep asking folks who like <laughs> still love this and want to catch it every week and, you know, paid to fucking watch this. Like. No, and no, I know, like, we all know it's not real, right? But, like, you want right. to watch as if, right? Don't you? Right? Don't you want to mm-hmm. watch as if, right? Mm-hmm. So, in no way, if you've seen any half or better of the 38 WrestleManias, did you for one hot second believe they were going to main event the first night with a fucking talk show? You knew this was going to be a match. Everybody knew it was going to be a match. Why did we ever have to pretend like it wasn't? That yeah, that is again. The, that was the most frustrating thing about all of it because you could have got just the Stone Cold music walk into the ring, gives the middle fingers, and we just start a match. We just start a match. We could have just did that, right? Or again, if he wanted to be in his street gear and he wanted to be in his clothes, you could have started it in the back in the crowd you know, so an insult. Kevin Owens could have just grabbed the microphone and just been like, you bald, dumb, bad father. And then that's the thing that sets him off. And he's just running to the ring. Right. He could like, have built it the other way. He's shit talking. Stone Cold's like, all right, I'm coming there to whoop your ass and be like, I don't fight unless it's in a sanctioned match. And like, I'm not giving you a sanctioned match. I'm not going to beat up an old man. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. I'm coming. You Like, you don't have to be, like willing for this fight i'm bringing it to you and then you know mm-hmm. he's like no no like if you if you if you fight me i'm suing you i'm taking everything from the broke skull ranch it, the only way i'll fight you is a sanctioned match right he keeps saying that and stone stone cold comes in and damn near beats up 
you know, fill in the blank, whoever Triple H fill in would be now to get beat up until they're like, fine, 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 you get a match, right? Adam Pierce, right? He beats up Adam Pierce or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's what happened with the Brock Lesnar thing. Fuck. Right. <laughs> like, you could have done yeah, that, just, I, which made at least made was, sense. I don't know. It was just the most insulting storyline for Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back after 19 years. After yep. 19 years, your biggest peak star. I know he didn't have the longest run like John Cena or he didn't, you know, come out of nowhere like Hulk Hogan and like bring wrestling to the forefront. But at his peak, I don't think anyone was more popular. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Rock, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. I don't think in 1998 no one was more popular than him. And for right. that guy to get this story was fucking insulting. Well, and and the reason that is is because again, as I said earlier, and we named a title of, of an episode once, the moves don't fucking matter. Right. I was not the tiny. Story does. I'm not giving a shit. If Stone Cold is here for another year, I kind of don't care about the Stone Cold match. We're done seeing the greatest matches of Stone Cold's history. Mm-hmm. What he says and how he fucks with people will be the story moving forward. Right? Like, that's the stuff I want to see, and we didn't get that with this. One million percent. And of all the superstars that you can do that with, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest example of that. His greatest moments were not matches. I mean, some of them are, but it's the Zamboni. It's the beer truck. It's the uh, fill-in. Uh, it's stunning Mans motherfuckers Corvette during promo segments. Yeah, it was, it was the theatrics around it that made him the greatest of all time, in my opinion. And so, I don't know. Anyhow, that was night one. Night one was fine. Night two. Let's talk. Just do we have any more tweet tables about WrestleMania? We do. We got one that will it ties okay. into night two. And okay. The Rebel Trucker. Yeah. The Rebel Trucker in a while. Says hashtag tweet the table. Seventy six or not, Vince is still jacked as fuck. Hashtag WrestleMania. Cool. Wasn't there a fucking guy? But he's old man jacked. Like, you know where it's like. Yeah, but. Wasn't there a guy in his 80s that was like doing infomercials and he could still do like 100 push ups in like 10? Like, who fucking? Yeah. I mean, did you see that fucking stunner? He's obviously not coordinated. <laughs> how do you, like, how does he what, fuck that up? Right. Like, that's again, if Pat McAfee messes that up, you kind of give him a little bit of forgiveness because you go, like, hey, man, you know, he's never taken a stunner, but he took it the best and the guy that's like i've worked with stone cold steve austin for every day for four straight years or five straight years however long his run was and i take the kick as if it was a shotgun what the fuck are you doing but even like so the storytelling right oh the whole the whole the whole first of all the austin theory pat mcafee how we got to that match was a weird no nothing story mm-hmm. either Mm-hmm. But then this whole thing has been a setup for for Austin to just kick his ass. So fuck Austin Theory, right? Like none, none of what he does matters. Oh, well, yeah. And then also Pat McAfee is is going toe to toe and move for move and countering and overcoming Austin Theory, who's in the prime of his life, but like a football kick to his ribs by an old seventy six year old man. That's going to be the death blow for him. Like he looked like a fucking no nothing against Vince and looked like a goddamn 
I see champ against Austin Theory in a matter of moments. And I know Austin Theory, you know, interfered, right? But I'm not trying to say Vince just kicked his ass from pillar to post. But what? For what? For what? Why was that a match? Why was that just not a beatdown? You could have just done the beatdown and Stone Cold comes out. So now, again, jump back in kayfabe world for a moment. Pat McAfee is 2-1, or I believe, uh, I don't know about that cage match. I forget the War Games <laughs> one, but let's just say WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, his record is 1-1. One one. He's not undefeated because he had to lose to a 76-year-old Vince McMahon. Who, by the way, again, fucking wrote all this shit. Spoiled the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, surprise if you caught it, because I totally did live. Because when Austin Theory's music hits, he jumps as if someone's going to attack him. He plays it off, and then Stone Cold's music comes out. Like, you wrote this shit, you motherfucker. Yeah. God, he's so bad. I just... I love Stone Cold, and you fucking made me not like it. I don't like that. I know. I don't yeah. like it. It just kind of felt. Let's sad. talk about. It was a it was a fine WrestleMania. Like I said, if I was there, the moments that's all they care for. They don't care about stories anymore. They care about. Except did you see fucking Bobby Lashley beat almost? Like, why are you having almost lose? Like what? Well, yeah. Again, they care more about Pat McAfee going viral with his gif of chugging the beer after the stunner than they do about any okay. story they told. So but so hear me out, right? Bobby Lashley is the perfect person to finally defeat Amos. But mm-hmm. it was way too soon. <laughs> like, god damn, man. I, whatever. And then MVP just gets jealous after one match that he didn't yeah. go out there with Bobby Lashley, so he turns on him. Yeah. Why didn't you go out there with him? I, it's we weird. don't even know that we don't know well if you don't have more yeah. wwe stuff we got one more tweet no, table let's and get... transition us oh. to the fun show yeah there we go okay at katie Good first stuff. lady she says cm punk brian danielson and samoa joe are all in AEW. what is life right now hashtag wrestling hashtag tweet the table um and you know let's couple this off of like roh is seeming to come back into the thing into fold with tony khan running it and there might be a little crossover and mixing with AEW, and i think that's great jay lethal felt way more at home as we'll we'll get yep. into right and 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 we've got some joe coming out and i love if we get a raw smackdown level kind of thing going on with AEW mm-hmm. and roh i love the idea the only thing selfishly that i will say that i want is and again, this is just me being the entitled wrestling fan that says cater to my ever wants and desires. But like, you, you got to put Ring of Honor on some type of television. Yes, right. right. Or got to get there, or, or right. put it on, or put it on YouTube, but still present it as Ring of Honor. Don't present it like Dark and Elevation, right? But like, I, I don't want. And no offense, I've used it before in the past, but like, I'm not gonna pay fifteen dollars every other month at fight TV for the ring of honor super show. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm just not going to do, it. I want to support things that I like and I like it. But again, this is me splitting hairs and being entitled. But like, if you're going to say to your point, this is raw and SmackDown. Well, at least put it on something, you know, but, and I kind of like this too. Like, yes, we have CM punk punk. We have Brian Danielson. We have Samoa Joe. I like that. Like 
you know, WWE let go a lot of folks and some folks who come over to AW. It is kind of that ROH crowd. I know, you know, Seth Rollins might have spent some time there and those kind of things, but he was never really like the ROH guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like ROH and its history kind of do exist in a realm that can participate over there away from the WWE stuff, right? Like, I know they were all in WWE at one point, but, like, it was not that kind of persona, right? And so I, I like this. I like where we're going with it. I do, too. So and I, I, I'm always open. Again, I've said that they need to utilize uh, Elevation and Dark better because – now we get more stories where Jay Lethal seems important, right? Jay Lethal had two bad losses, and without the Ring of Honor world coming into the AEW fold, he's just doing some, well, what's going on with uh, Jay Lethal? I don't know. I'm so frustrated, right? And But, like, that's the the curtain jerker of the, that's the pre-show match, right? But now he can main event a Ring of Honor pay-per-view with Samoa Joe, and it feels important, but he's not – gonna challenge hangman next week right so that's what i like about it it's it's very fun Mm -hmm. so then let's get into the best show of the week AEW dynamite easily oh my god uh yeah this was way more coherent this was not the toilet paper of television this was the diamond ring of television for this week in pro wrestling we started off with first time ever and when AEW says it it fucking actually is real and now you could say first time ever in AEW, which they've done some of those matches before but this was the first time ever they acknowledged all the different promotions that these two guys have been in but it was the first time ever christian cage versus adam cole baby baby uh, this was great what did you think of the match uh liked it i liked it a lot i mean we've said this before like christian Still got some chops in the ring. Knows how to tell a good story in there. Um, Adam Cole always gets the crowd hyped. So I don't think I didn't mm-hmm. find anything necessarily wrong. I mean, I wasn't over the moon about it or anything like that, but I liked the match. Here's where here's my takeaway from this match is Adam Cole wins, right? Uh, and obviously after the match, Red Red Dragon attack Christian, Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express make the save. And then Adam Cole's like, yeah, this is cool. I'm the man. And then Hangman comes out. And we get a Texas death match on Rampage next week, which shows you how much importance they're putting into Rampage because ratings have been kind of dipping because it's a pre-taped show and nothing really happens. But anyhow, uh, my takeaway, though, is if Christian Cage is going to give us these kind of matches, I know he's 40-whatever, right, years old, but he needs to do something because he can do something, right? Every time he's been given the ball whether it's the first rampage with Kenny Omega or the title match with Kenny Omega, or now this with Adam Cole, like if he's going to do this and do it well, what are we doing next with them? Just like athletics have, have evolved. A 40 year old guy can still be athletic enough to get in there and go in the ring. And like, mm-hmm. we're seeing edge have a run and right, let's get Christian Ooh. in some notable singles storylines where he's not tied to mm-hmm. the dinosaurs, right? Which, well, they, they let's right. yeah, let's jump ahead just a little mm-hmm. bit. We'll we'll try to go in chronological order, but since you brought it up, we go backstage uh, later on in the show. Jurassic Express with Christian uh, cut a promo, but Christian doesn't even get a word out. He's just pissed that he lost. Throws his water bottle, storms off. Uh, Jurassic Express essentially say like the rate the rankings do matter, 
but you ain't even on our level. However, you keep kicking our friends' ass, so we're just going to give you the shot because we pity you. And now we're going to get Red Wagon uh, versus Jurassic Express. We're getting dragons and dinosaurs, Tim. Yeah. That's going to be fun. This match uh, what do you think about fun, that though. fight? I am excited. Yeah. Like, the styles of this are mm-hmm. going to clash well, I think, and, and I think this is going to go over well. The crowd's going to get hype. Little red Yeah, I think it's going to be, gonna be fun. Yeah. But, Tim, <clears throat> do you think this is where we get the heel turn of Christian? Cost I would love it. the titles. I would love it. Do you think he... Do you think he just switches being a mentor and goes and mentors the undisputed whatever originals no i think he'll do the i'm tired of being tied down to these young whippersnappers i'm the man who can do this on my own right i think that's what we're gonna do all i know right now is in 2022 and i'm not meaning to take a shot i'm just gonna say it uh christian cage is way more captivating than edge everything Edge has done in his return has been poop he thinks he's the fucking mastermind of storytelling and his matches are 30 minutes long and they're 28 minutes too long and it's fucking not interesting. Edge and AJ Styles could have been the best thing in the world and AJ gets distracted by Damian Priest just standing there and that's how you're going to end the match at WrestleMania. Anyhow, uh, what do you think about this Texas death match? Hangman Adam Page, Adam Cole. With AEW, I think one. This is gonna be the second one. No, third. We did. Yeah, I think it's third. If if memory serves me correct, and again, we don't fact check here. I think the first one is Lance Archer, John Moxley. Moxley, right. And and Lance Archer won. Right. Then we did Hangman Adam Page, Lance Archer, Lance Archer, and Hangman won. So now we're doing so this. So do we one. like Daisy Chain? Is it like now Adam Cole's going to win and then he's going to fight somebody yeah. and they're going to win? Yeah, <laughs> we'll maybe. Who knows? Chain. But what do you think we get out of this? Do you think this is the end of the feud? This is uh, and new. What's your gut feeling on this? Mm. I think it would be very Adam Cole to win this, be and new, and then go on in a shitting grin bragging about how he's a texas death match master and right like just and they're out there all healing it up at like nerds trying to act cool right um mm-hmm. yeah i i it wouldn't shock me but i think they're still i think you're right i think we're getting this idea that tony khan's like no no we're gonna we're gonna make sure this hangman thing hits right we're gonna ratchet it up a little bit and so if we if we've got to make them a little more gutsy let's do it and i think that's where we're gonna go with it because I know I said that Lance Archer, again, we don't fact check. There could be something I'm missing here. But if Lance Archer has done the majority of the Texas death match, we can pivot from there and say the cowboy, the hangman, cowboy shit, this is his signature match, right? Come correct with hangman and you're still not going to fuck him up in a Texas death match. Even though he's from Virginia, this cowboy can fuck you up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying Virginia, I'm just saying the Texas deathmatch thing, right? Now, my gut tells me that they are going Adam Cole. Mm. And and again, the complete opposite of that inbred dumbfuck company, WWE, AEW, 
for the most part, pay attention to the details. And we still have that one lingering uh, promo in the back with the Dark Order and Hangman, where Hangman picked Jurassic Express to be their partner or his partners instead of them. And I don't know if they're going to cost them or something, but I would not be shocked if this is what happens. This is what my gut said as soon as the whole thing was revealed later on the night when Jurassic Express gives Red Wagon the uh, tag, uh, the tag team championship opportunity. It's undisputed elite gold party, right? They all win. And, and let's just say Adam Cole wins kind of not straight up, but does, right? And then because Red Wagon took out Jurassic Express and so did Christian, Jurassic Express cannot come to like fight alongside Hangman Adam Page. And then Hangman looks to the Dark Order and was like, hey guys, I need two of you. Tonight we're taking on the Undisputed Elite. And they cross their arms and say like, go find someone else. And now we get something even better. That. They get two to agree, right? And they, they they do the whole entrance. They're staying up there. They're doing the thing. They start the match. Hangman's in there. We start the match. Hangman starts getting beat up. He goes to make the first tag, and they go, whoop, see ya, and right. walk out and let him get yeah. his ever-loving ass beat. Yeah, and he just looks to him with, like, you know, the, the puppy dog eyes. What right? And, right. Then, yeah. and then it's like hyenas that just take Hangman and just bring him into – to the mm -hmm. you know depths and darkness of violence right. and then it's just the dark order going like guess you don't need us yeah and oh oh that could happen that is somewhat realistic too there. because like who's the face and who's the heel right because you're like that was fucked up don't do that to hangman would be like he turned his back on us and be like mm-hmm he's not wrong and those are the best <laughs> stories right and so far in the short history of hangman and aw he tells the best stories now again we got other fun stories, but like his stories are the most captivating. So I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I think those are the two likely scenarios though. We say hangman's the champion. Don't fuck with him in a, in a Texas death match or something with dark order yeah. later down the road. Anyhow, yeah, right. Next up, we got uh, my favorite segment of the night. It was the Owen Hart foundation men's tournament qualifier match. Samoa Joe, taking on Max Caster. Love this for two reasons. Uh, and both of it is they got their shit in. So Max mm -hmm. Caster has the lines of the X Division. Uh, hey, we beat you in the ratings when you were their champ. Yeah. All of the stuff. I love the small Joe's always like, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Fuck it. He's right. Yeah. God damn it. But what was cool is like, yeah, okay, he's right. Get in this ring. And I'm yeah. going to fucking kill you. And that was then. This is now. <laughs> yeah. You can talk all yeah. your shit. That's fine. Say whatever you want. I'm going to muscle buster oh, you and, through this goddamn ring. And just Max Caster selling like a champ there. Anthony Bowen's on the outside playing his role perfectly. Uh, just just all of it. I loved all of this. Samoa Joe doing the schmoney on him. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just got all just, of it. Loved it. Loved all of this. Now, now, one thing, the little side quest here before we get back on to uh, track with the AW Dynamite side quest comes from Freddie Prince. You should listen to Freddie Prince Jr.'s uh, podcast. It's pretty good. Uh, anyhow, I, I love the acclaimed and I love Butcher and the Blade. I really do. And they are the homegrown talent. And I understand 
the Hardys are the Hardys and Samoa Joe is Samoa Joe. And this was a singles match for Max Caster, so you can kind of get away with it a little bit. But on AEW Dynamite Television, not the dark, not the elevation, none of that shit. And it even happens to him a little bit on Rampage as well. I need these motherfuckers to win sometimes, right? I can't tell you the last time Butcher and Blade won a match on TBS or TNT. I yeah, really can't. But they've got an amazing look. They've got an amazing oh, chemistry about the them. the promo battle that they had leading into this with the Hardys. And, and you had uh, Blade talking about the staples he had in his head. And I was just like, God damn, this is the shit. Like, they're awesome. And they yep. need to be treated like it. Because they're the homegrown talent. I'm not trying to say... Because there is one part of WWE when, like, Sting comes over, it's like, you're losing to our guy. Triple H is going to beat you in this match, right? And right. now that's not always the case that it should be 100% yeah. of the time. But it does tell the audience, we like our guys the best. And so, Butcher and Blade, Acclaimed, uh, you know, Private Party, those kind of guys, I need you to win a little bit. But, yeah, nonetheless. Uh Let's get back on track here. Backstage, Tony Schiavone, who did all the fucking interviews, which I thought was interesting, is with the Blackpool Combat Club. And Regal says uh, he feels sorry for Trent because he's going to have to wrestle Brian Danielson. And then Yuta uh, is going to have to step in the ring with the meanest of the three of them, John Moxley. Fuck that guy. <laughs> like, like John Moxley doesn't give a shit about you, so... But I like you, but this guy, he, he probably doesn't. So it sucks to be you. Um, what do you think about uh, their really emphasis on Rampage and then the Blackpool Combat Club kind of talking their shit? Well, and I, I think it's good in that, like, I we've identified Wheeler Yuta now, right? Like, and mm-hmm. we get more from Wheeler later, which we'll bring up. But I, I like that mm-hmm. they're honing in now. And it is kind of what we were talking about, right? It is in that vein of, like, hey, this kid thinks he's got – what it means to be tough and, and, and old school and, and how it really should be like, we'll see, we'll see motherfucker. We're about to mm-hmm. fucking stew hard stretch you bitch. Right. Like we're yeah. about to, we're about to get weird with it. You might get a finger in places you don't want. And like, what are you going to do about it? Right. So, uh, you don't think you can fuck him. Um, that's kind of where we're going. With this, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I, I like, you know, I like it again. I think it's slow rolling. Um, so as long mm-hmm. as it delivers in these, right, they've got to be brutal. When they get in these matches, though, they need to make us think they might be killing these kids. I also liked what this promo did because it kind of established a hierarchy, right? Where William Regal is, you know, making the moves and calling the shots as far as like the head coach level. And Brian Danielson is, you know, as far as in their eyes, the perfect pro wrestler. But like the meanest motherfucker, the the ultimate boss to get through to get into this club is that fucking bleeding from his head bastard, John Moxley with the cigarette in his mouth. Like, I like that they have established somewhat of their roles where it's like, hey, Brian Danielson, you'll just have to really wrestle him, right? Like prove to him that your technique and skill set is there. And then William Regal will look at you and identify where you can fit into this club. But John Moxley is just going to beat the fuck out of you because he doesn't like anyone and he doesn't like you. And so you're going to have to prove to him that even though he's still not going to like you, you can at least ride in the car with him. And so yeah, I like you, all the You roles. can take an ass whooping and keep getting up, basically. That's what you're right, going to have exactly. to prove to him, right? 
it's gonna kind of yeah. beat you into the gang if you will right like that's kind of yeah for sure it's a little bit of that a little gang warfare uh let's skip ahead though because you did mention it willie utah and the best friends are backstage uh, orange cassidy says absolutely nothing which is just on brand for him i like that but chuck now speaks up and he's like hey yeah we trained you we can teach you how to be a pro wrestler we love you said, and then trent you. just stops him yeah and trent just stops him he's like nope i don't i don't like the fucking guy yeah, he said him. i don't love him <laughs> yeah like he was like i don't love him. i like that though right like we we kind of fast forwarded that part of it where trent was like no man fuck this are you ungrateful or what mm -hmm. dude like and and like also the like Maybe Trent's not quite aware of how vicious this team is, right? He's like, no, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go fucking get out there. And Trent's going to get fucking smacked hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, then, and maybe because of help from Wheeler, right? And I like that Wheeler's even like, back off, bitch. I know what the fuck mm -hmm. is best for me. Fuck you, right? Like, so, I, yeah, I love every way they're playing this right now. And a little bit of a tear in his eye with Chuck saying, like, hey, man, why am nice. I not good enough for you? Yeah, right. Like, I... I and Orange well, Cassidy parents get divorced too, right? He's like, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and it makes sense that it's Trent the, is the one that doesn't like him because Yuta came in when Trent was hurt, right? So like the only reason we even got Yuta in AEW is because uh, Trent had to have neck surgery, and Chuck was like, Chuck and Orange Cassidy were like, hey, we need a third, come on up, bud, and they liked him because they trained him. So it would make sense that Trent's like, one, you're trying to take my spot. Two, you're a piece of shit. And three, now you like those assholes who I'm going to kick their ass just to show you that you suck. Like, it's on, you know? This is interesting. The other thing that I think is interesting, just from taking a step back and just looking at it from, like, a, a high-level overview, is, you know, we, we go back to, I think it was 1999, when it was uh, ECW uh, champion Mike Awesome, who was going to WCW, taking on WWE wrestler Taz in an ECW show, right? But fast forward to next week, we're getting the ROH pure champion taking on the GCW heavyweight champion on AEW television. Like, that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Just, that's fun. It, yeah, is, it fun. is fun. All right, so then we get back into the ring. We get Sean Spears. Hey, I can salute. Uh, or no, Sean Spears with the chair taking on, I can salute Captain Sean Dean. There you go. Got the, my Sean's confused there. Uh, this was the, this was the Wardlow segment. This was fun, right? Yeah. I mean, it was fun as the Wardlow segment, albeit, I, you know, and again, a little bit more stalling, right? It's, it's kind of more of the same, but this time it's Sean Spears. And I, what I don't know is if, is this where, is this going to happen a little more frequently? And Sean Spears starts to be like, man, this ain't my fucking fight, man. This is you. And now he's also distancing from MJF. Could happen. I don't know the what Sean Spears does if he's not somebody's lackey though. We, I don't know that we've seen right. that. Well, we, we did see it a little bit when he was with Tully Blanchard and that kind of went nowhere. Cause then he did the, like the yeah. open casting call for a tag team partner that went nowhere. Right. So, right. um, but what I liked about this segment is if you noticed on the guardrail, the uh, he can't come into the ring sign with Wardlow was bigger this week. So it was like, right. you know, this size here. And then this week it was like the whole right. fucking rail. I like that. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, we all know where this story's going. So far, it's fun. If you were there in the crowd, that was a fun moment for you to have Wardlow possibly walk past you mm. as he's trying to get through security. And fun, right? Again. Yeah, oh, of course. We're not we're not setting the world on fire, but it's still good. Right. Uh, th then the, as mentioned, uh, Yuta with Best Friends promo happens. Uh, then before we get into uh, the next segment, we go to a commercial break, but... I want to get your take on this. We get Sammy Guevara making his entrance. And then we get Tay Conti getting her entrance. But the crowd don't like it. I don't mm -hmm. know if you heard this, but this was not applause. This was, uh, you guys are too pretty and I don't like that you like each other. Fuck you. <laughs> I think we said this last week or before. They need to lean into that and make them heels. Yeah. Yeah, make them making out and just disrespecting pro wrestling, you know. Let them be the misery. Yeah, just all over each other. And I think that's the way they go. I know what they're trying to do, but it just, it, it doesn't work. I know it worked with Macho Man and Elizabeth, but that's a different era and a different kind of love story. But when they tried this with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, fell flat when they've tried this with Miz and Maurice before they even went heel, they tried it a little bit as a baby face that fell flat John Cena and Nikki Bella that fell flat and this is falling flat too because you're good looking this is the Roman Reigns problem right I'm never gonna fucking feel sorry for the good looking guy well, that can take my wife when he gets his ass kicked I'm not gonna fucking be happy that the good looking people are banging <laughs> and the reason all these failed is because like what happened with Elizabeth and Macho Man is like, like we saw they were together, then they broke up, and then it became like a a get back together thing, right? Mm -hmm. we, we don't get the they're a couple storyline until like we already established before that that they were, and so now they are. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I just don't give a shit. If this was like, if this was Sammy Guevara started noticing Ty Conti, but she was already dating somebody but that somebody was a bit of an asshole right and she didn't recognize it yet and now sammy's got a classic you know what i mean story. like yeah. right again take your fucking cues from television and movies mm -hmm. like tell me a better story and i will wholly care about what they have to say but right now i do not i don't care that you went oh he's the spanish god now she's the brazilian goddess get it like i don't give a fuck and I got yeah, kids and, and shit. I got like, stuff. <laughs> right. Well, and it's also like, well, of course you guys would like like each other. Look at you guys. Like, duh. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah, endearing. Nothing, it's not. There's no. There, yeah, there's no reason like for me each to other. care. Like, I right. know. I know. You know, all the beautiful people back there are fucking the beautiful people back there. I understand that about life. I know that yeah, already. Because even if you it's tell this story, even if. Yeah, even if you tell this story in the same way, but the people look different, we still will like that. Remember Otis and Mandy? We liked that, right? Because we were like, fucking yeah, even good that, for Otis. There was a, like, they weren't together, and he wanted to be, but she didn't. Yeah. But she kind of did, but she had to make, keep up this appearance that she didn't. And <clears throat> that's the subtleties that we care about. But just the, like, look, guys. It's true. We are fucking. Be like, oh, I know. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. Of course you are. But it's a little bit of the AEW problem that we've talked about in the past. 
is, you know, if you pay attention to Twitter, you know that Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti were dating before this storyline happened, right? You knew a couple weeks before or however many weeks it was. Well, there's a bit before, of a scandal with, with him and his Right, but like fiance. you found out on Twitter that they were a couple. But if you're not on Twitter and you're not following them and you're just watching AEW television and they just tell you they're a couple, just like you said, who gives a fuck? Okay, right. cool whatever yeah like yeah i didn't i didn't you never told me before that sammy guevara was single in fact you kind of told me different um (laughs) maybe bad example here but same thought process right so like now that he's suddenly with someone isn't like a oh what a surprise of course he's fucking one of the hottest girls back there like what right yeah look at that guy look at the guy he's a spanish god for fuck's sake right all right so let's move on uh then we got the it's on site segment of the night eddie kingston santana and ortiz are shown just beating the shit out of jericho appreciation society to the point that kingston throws a full-size real flat screen tv at all of the jericho guys well didn't we see that tv later and it was all fucked up and somebody was like fix this fucking tv no mjf is like yeah mjf right. is like fix that tv what i work in a circus yeah. <laughs> that's the best line too this promo Eddie man Kingston. these guys were were yoked man they were ready to go and i loved it loved it loved I, every second of this so Eddie believable Kingston. so real yeah and san Antonio ortiz did great in this i'm not going to take anything away from him i think amazing job they, they oh, did a believable yeah thing. oh i'll praise but one they kind of like here. Yeah. well but they kind of said it and then just like okay like they did a little of the pro wrestler thing was like that was the line where's the reaction shit and then eddie kingston just takes the mic again at the end and it was like oh it's like and then he's just yelling and like he does the little things that keeps the segment going and keeps you interested that's one of the greatest attributes yeah. of eddie kingston I what can, i love was I the dichotomy you had a range of three different emotions here right you had eddie kingston is like literally bouncing off with that like nervous anxiety of like i'm gonna fucking find this guy i'm gonna fucking rip a star and i'm gonna fucking you know and shove my fucking fist down his <laughs> And, and he's like, I can't contain it. And then Santana's just like, look at this fucking crazy guy. Like, I'm ready to kick ass with him, but this is fucking hilarious. And Ortiz is just stone-faced like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, the whole time, he's just like, no facial expression, just hard, right? Like, just sitting there waiting to be, give you that, that like, that, that thin, you know, not too much emotion line of like, yeah, that's right. We coming to fucking get in that ass, right? And I just loved the various emotions we got with that of that whole motley crew there was great loved it yeah and so far ortiz has been that like scary calm in this mm-hmm. group where uh, have you ever seen the movie the town with ben affleck yeah, yeah. remember mm-hmm. when ben affleck goes to jeremy renner's character yeah but when he goes to jeremy renner's character and uh he's like i can't tell you what this is about but we're gonna go and we're gonna hurt some people and Jeremy Renner's is like, well, are you driving or am I driving? Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking psychotic. And that's how Ortiz is to the point where, uh, like, you know, Eddie Kingston threw a fucking TV and Ortiz is like, I mean, these things happen. Like, that's, yeah. that just like, happens in the fight. <laughs> and everyone's like, 
and it's almost like the Sean Spears thing from a few weeks back when MJF was beating the fuck out of CM Punk when they were both in all white. And you just saw the like happiness and glee out of Sean Spears. And you're like, okay, I know what MJF is doing right now at the time. I know what Wardlow's doing at the time, but why is that guy fucking laughing right now? Why is he so happy? Like that's the scariest thing of the, of the segment. And in this, it makes sense. Eddie Kingston, it's on site. I don't even care if you're with your kids or your wife. It's on site. Well, and then Santana's like, like, I don't get And Santana's like, yep, it is. And this makes sense. And I don't like you either. We got beef, right? But then Ortiz is acting as if they're gonna, you know, go out for a round of golf. That's the scariest fucking guy to me, you mm-hmm. know? So Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It was so good. Uh, then we get, then we get a, uh, promo on stage again, done by Tony Schiavone, which look, I love Tony Schiavone. I like the consistency. Cause then it adds, like if it's in the video game, it would make sense that Tony Schiavone is the, uh, guy that interviews. However, don't we have like 30 interviewers? Is it DDP's daughter? One of the yeah, interviewers, the like, she one of these, yeah, Marvez. Now don't put him in front of a crowd that fucking, yeah. Sacco, yeah. what napkins can't do anything. Um, but it's Tony Schiavone, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, but it's Tony Schiavone uh, on stage, and he introduces the fucking star. Am I pointing to the right direction? Is this right yep. right here? I'm yep. gonna, mm-hmm. gonna, yeah. Jade Cargill Ugh. has just, I mean, she is a rookie still. This is, I believe, actually 30 matches for her, or maybe 35, whatever it is, right? Right. And she's the fucking man. Like, I know what that term means, but like, she's the man. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Fuck. Great. And just like how she's grown into the, the, the charisma of it all. Right. Like she's got the crowd work. She's, she's got the stardom down. I love that. It was Tony Schiavone. It has to be Tony Schiavone because as she started, she was like, first off, Tony cut the shit. <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> yeah, and he's left in there like the fuck. <laughs> What do you think I have done? <laughs> like, what could I have possibly, like, you're embarrassing me for no reason. <laughs> I love that he's just like, of course. still like, the fuck is wrong? Like, why me? Like, I'm a nice guy. I've never said anything bad to you. <laughs> That's oh, so fun. Ned Flanders. <laughs> just love it. Yeah, but he's I finally mean, just like, fine, I'm just going to go fucking stand over here. <laughs> love it he's so great yeah oh i love it and i like that like that we do have because she is new and she's coming into it and she's not you know maybe always like we don't know how she would do if she forgot her lines maybe right so smart mark sterling is there but he's also not overpowering or overshining her either he's still subtle in what he does i think he's underrated in what he does um and this whole package is working well for me very well yeah because where he does fill in the details is you know they're trying to put over this new uh, wrinkle in the jade character with the baddie section right Mm. you just go out there and say it yourself i mean some people can pull that off but when mark sterling is like so at the behest of jade cargo we went to go find uh baddies and this fucking town sucks a bunch of ugly bitches but like yeah hard that that gets it over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like that's the thing that gets it a little bit more mm-hmm. tension. And so you're introducing something, but not just saying, sink or swim, Jade, let's see if you can do it. Like Mark Sterling can right. be the person who says, like, if it sucks, again, if it sucks, we can throw it on him. Oh, well, and that makes sense. He's Mark Sterling, right? But like to get it over, 
he can add those details yeah. i love it i love too that her whole like approach to all of this is like what the fuck am i even doing here this is a waste of my fucking time like everybody knows i'm the best like my fucking shit don't stink like hurry this up i got shit to do <laughs> right like let's mm -hmm. go these people are stupid yeah. anyway i'm out of here <laughs> Yeah, right? she's the best. She's I really awesome, like yeah. her. Uh, and she better kill Marina Shafir. I, oh, I don't give up. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, it has to because so we, we, haven't, like, we haven't had any reason. To, like, I, have I seen Marina Shafir on AW television? Like, I don't even. Does that happen? I hope not. Yeah, well, I hope not. She doesn't yeah. need to be seen. Anyhow. Uh, Marvez is backstage. And this is where he is with MJF and Sean Spears. Uh, MJF says he prays. That Wardlow shows his face next week. Next week, he will face Sean Dean, and he will injure Dean worse than any injury he had in the military. Ooh. And then he makes the comment about the fucking TV's broke. Fix that. <laughs> so good. I love that somebody, like, pick that TV up and put it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because even earlier, uh, before we got the Eddie Kingston segment, uh, Excalibur's like, you might have noticed that the TV's broke. We'll get to that in a second. Like, yeah. even Excalibur is like, who's the dumb fuck? It should have been Ortiz that, like, up. on the way out after Eddie Kingston threw it. He should have just, like, picked it up and put it back up. <laughs> like, hang it. Gives a five to Marvez yeah. for his troubles. Sorry about Hand, that. Hands him the off. remote. Like, it's going to fucking do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just walk out of here. That would have been great. Oh, I loved it. All yeah. right. So now uh, we get the tables match that made no fucking yeah. sense now on paper it did because it was an elimination tables match where the way you win is you have to put both guys through a table okay jeff hardy's the first one eliminated he goes through a table but because it's no dq he just continues to fight and then i think it's butcher goes through the next table but then he continues to fight. And then we get Jeff Hardy, who was eliminated, you know, putting Blade through a table, which was a cool spot. It was fine. It was a hardy spot, right? But that, yeah, usually that when you're sense. eliminated from winning the prize, you're just eliminated from the match. Why would you even stay there and fight and get hurt? Well, like in the Royal Rumble, you can't just stay on the outside of the ring. I mean, some people have to like, you know, pull a person or something, but like reps are working to get that person out of the match. But, but you don't go back into the Royal Rumble and then just like keep throwing dudes out. Right. Like you now can't. you, I mean, people, well, like people have, but they're, that was illegal, right? Like right. once you're eliminated, you got to get the fuck out, you know? Right. So yeah, somebody doesn't get thrown out third and is still in there at 17 you know what I mean? Yeah. Tossing dudes around, just competing like the rest of the competitors. Yeah, it just doesn't. And again, the Hardys are fine. I'm going to be completely transparent with the listening audience. I'm already over it. I don't, I'm done. They did it. The fucking spot that Jeff Hardy did. I was did. never under it. Well, but like, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun to have just the whole, like, three phases of wrestling goth together when you had sting jeff hardy and darby allen kind of just like standing next to each other i was like look at that whole picture of what you know weirdos are in in pro wrestling right that's fun right and we got the fun moment where he jumped off the damn uh, window whatever yeah. it was and that's that's all i need like go away i don't what are we gonna do a, a, a fucking young bucks match that's gonna have the same spots i just 
this is where Butcher and Blade need to beat the Hardys, right? Butcher and Blade beat the Hardys, and we go like, that's the feather in their cap. Remember when Private Party beat the Young Bucks early on in Dynamite? Yeah. And we're like, they could be someone, and then nothing happened from Tom. it. So this could have been something for Butcher and Blade. You said it. We're getting the Young Bucks and the Hardys, aren't we? Of course. Of course. This is the whole reason they were signed is because the fucking Young Bucks were like, remember that one Ring of Honor match before uh, the Hardys debuted in WWE? That was really good, which it was. But, like, we're going to do that now on our television. And I get it, right? Pro wrestling has done this forever. You take a match that no one saw in an armory, you take those two guys, and you put it on your television, and you go, look at this, and the casuals go like that's great or people who don't pay attention to those wrestlers that's awesome right so i get the the logic but what spots are they gonna do that they haven't done before from both teams we're gonna get the fucking jump through the thing and matt jackson goes through a table from jeff hardy right or something it's just i'm already done this is where yeah. the Hardys need to get over their ego, in my opinion. And maybe it's not their ego. Maybe it's Tony Khan just saying, got to give the Hardys a win. I don't know who it is that's making the decision there. But this is where the Hardys got to go kind of Dudley Boy style. Because when the Dudley Boys came back, they lost to the Usos. They lost to New Day. They were putting the teams over. This is where the Hardys got to lose to Butcher and the Blade and lose to Private Party and lose to fucking Acclaimed. Like, that should be your role. Instead, after the match, Andrade and his clusterfuck of dumb shits walk out and Sting, who's never broke a grape with a fucking baseball bat, just chases him off. And again, I love Sting, but like one fucking old guy in his 60s and we're all fucking pissing our pants? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, what's he going to swing that bat? He's got bad hips. He can't swing that bat. Yeah, he he has arthritis in his shoulders. He can't even hold the fucking bat up in a batting stance. Like, just go rush his ass. Now, that was the most disappointing segment of the night. Uh, what do we got now? Well, we get Tony Schiavone backstage because again, he has to interview everyone. And Tony Storm, Jamie Hader, they agreed not to have physicality, but they get into a into into each other's faces and they say like i hope i face you because i don't like it jamie Hader does the like this was my place before it was yours and then tony storm just does the like bitch <laughs> you know pretty simple but it looks like we're foreshadowing to that maybe in the owen hart foundation women yeah tournament should be interesting yeah and so let's get into that owen hart foundation women's tournament qualifier just rolls off the tongue uh hikaru shida taking on the worst character in AEW, Julia Hart. Yeah. Tim, I don't, walk us through. Yeah. I mean, we've said it enough. Like, this Julia Hart thing is, what are we going on? Six weeks of Oh, more? longer probably than that. Yeah. yeah. Of just. And she does a little stuff right know, here, right? She, she does kick out varsity blondes before they could even do anything because she starts to do some heel tactics and they don't like it. So she's like, get out of here. Okay. Okay. But let's just uh, look, we love nuance. We love storytelling. That's what we've said since this podcast started 36 years ago, but like you can't just play the same note. Yeah. That's we fact check that one. Uh, but you can't just play the same note and expect us to be interested because 
it's the same thing. She has an eye. Everyone else, we've said this before. Everyone else's eye is healed. Everyone else's eye is healed. Well, Why the is whole she thing still is like, that thing? is I just, yeah, Julie Hart needs to do something new, period, right? If it wasn't this black eye thing, she needed to do something new. But I, I don't get the sense that we're going to make Julia Hart the evil goth star absent of having her involved with the house of black guys right but we're not seeing the house of black guys involved in this at all so i just don't know why we're doing this right yeah there is no there hasn't been any like flickering of lights when julia hart walks out or any you know i know they wouldn't do this but like old school sting there's no crow on the fucking turnbuckle or anything you know what i mean like there's no there's no checking in on Julia Hart from the House of Black. So, yeah, she just kind of looks silly. People aren't just afraid of her, like, aura, right? Like, there's no weirdness. Right. right. She tries a little bit. She tries, like, a weird hand, like a, a weird wave and kind of, like, walks a little silly. But, that's yeah, that's not enough. No. Um, but Sheeta wins. And then Peter and the chicken, we get it again. They're going to fight forever. Serena Deeb's music hits. And it's Deeb comes uh with a chair but sheeta comes out with her fucking kendo stick and we're like what the fuck you gonna do what the fuck are you gonna do god i love these two fight forever fight forever yes as much as i love serena deep i love serena deep fighting hikaru sheeta and i love hikaru sheeta but as much as i love hikaru sheeta i love hikaru sheeta fighting serena deep and this is where this is like this was like a seven second interaction right like that's what i love and that's what i hope for more of from this is yeah this is a fucking tournament so Sheeta has a knockdown drag out fight with uh mercedes martinez but then serena deeb is right there and serena deeb has a fucking knockdown drag out <laughs> fight with um julia hart tony storm right, yeah, yeah, or tony, storm. tony storm right someone like that and then her car is just right there and they just right always behind the curtain like, to just Stealing from Eddie Kingston, it's on site with on these site. two. It's on site. That's how they need to be forever. I yep. uh, love it. Uh, let's get backstage. Here comes that uh, sack of wet napkins. Marvez, he's talking to Swerve Strickland. And Strickland's talking about, I was at the Grammys. It was cool. But, you know, wasn't cool? Getting beat up. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, but then Hobbs and Starks are like, fuck you, bitch. And they jump him. Splitting hairs here. Again, where's Hook? Mm-hmm. Where is Hook? Where earlier is Hook? in the night, earlier in the night, we I didn't mention it because it really wasn't too much to talk about. They did a video package where Hook beats up QT Marshall and all that shit. Yep. Okay. But like here, Hook would have been valuable because uh Starks and Hobb beating up Strickland. And then Keith Lee comes in and he's like, aha, look at me. I'm fucking cool. And then he shoulder tackles powerhouse Hobbs through the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like he's the shock master. Yeah. And then you <laughs> see that massive, you know, vending machine back that he has just mm-hmm. taking up the whole screen. I like this. This is the kind of stuff like I'm for. I like the way they're using Strickland and Keith Lee. I love obviously how they use powerhouse Hobbs. Starks, I still feel like, just is the sore thumb. He's too yeah. He's too Hollywood for this. This is where if it's Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Strickland and uh, Keith Lee, 
I'm a little bit more invested because everyone has their roles. And I don't right. want to say it's like Ricky Stark's doing anything bad, but I just feel like every time I see him, he just got a manicure. So like he fits in with the claim more than he fits in with with team million Taz. percent. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. That was perfect, Tim. Yes. Hmm. Put him with the acclaim where he just laughs at all the raps and does the scissoring stuff and just like kind of looks at you while he does it and that's all he does. And then they're getting hmm. manicures and pedicures and all the bullshit. That fits with the fucking uh she seashell necklace that he wears hmm. and all that bullshit. Powerhouse Hobbs is in fucking Tim's and overalls with no shirt. You know? Hook is always wearing a fucking hoodie and can't be cursed by Danhausen. Right. That's those motherfuckers. Can't be cursed by Danhausen. That's whew. insane. And insane. I've personally you know been what? cursed by Danhausen before. It's Yeah. <laughs> no, we have. We have a yeah. picture. Remember when you took the picture? That's Danhausen's true. behind us? That's and Dan true. the Dad is with us he helping. Did curse us. That's right. He did. Yeah. Uh here's where you know, getting a little bit ahead of myself, kind of on step 11 of the storytelling. But here's where Santana and Ortiz versus Hook and Powers Hobbs on site, I'm fucking down for 1 million percent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a tag team yeah. that you watch and you're like, yeah, these two guys would legitimately fight over each other or like over, you know, something very small, but fight forever about it. So anyhow, uh, let's get to our main event. For the ROH and Triple H, or ROH and Triple A Tag Team Champions, uh, FTR putting up both of those championships against the Young Bucks, and this was fun. Yeah. Side note, earlier, the Ring of Honor show, uh, earlier in the week, I have not watched it. I have seen highlights, so my apologies. I will get to it in time. New job has me doing a lot of new things. Uh, But apparently, the match of the year happened where the Briscoes took on FTR and it was a instant classic. That's how FTR becomes the ROH tag team champions. And then after the match, that's when the young bucks super kicked the Briscoes. I thought that's what we were going to get here was maybe a Briscoes right. appearance. That doesn't happen, but tell us about this match. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think expectations would have been high for this match, right? FTR young bucks two, I think they were calling it. Um, and fine, mm-hmm. it, it lived up to that, right? Like, I, we're not the biggest fans of the style of the Young Bucks, but when these two conflicting styles get together, they make some good television. And um, yeah, you know, I yeah, I, I thought it was solid, right? Give it an A. It was fine. I just, you know, ah, I'm kind of more interested in the Briscoes, right? Like, I'd rather have like seen more of that, right, than than maybe the Young Bucks. Huh? I will say, I did like, and maybe it's happened before, but again. I'm not a Young Bucks historian, but I liked how in the final moments of this match, it was the Young Bucks getting a little bit of taste of their own medicine, getting the the BTE trigger thing, but then getting the Adam Cole kiss on the cheek spot and then taking the FTR finisher. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that was a good, like, fuck you guys. Yeah. yeah. And that, no, that crowd, that crowd, that's the first time I have ever heard an FTR chant, right? Yeah. And they were over that. This is the year of FTR. We were talking about this before, uh, back in the day, uh, I took, uh, the, the, uh, Anderson and gallows over FTR. Now I still think they're a, a more complete team. I think you can do more things with that team than FTR, 
But right now, FTR may be the best tag team in the world. They are just hitting on all cylinders as baby faces. Yeah, I agree with you. Couldn't agree with you much more. They, they're all over the place. They're doing all kinds of work, and they're maintaining like <clears throat> they're not all over the place with their character work and whatever. Right? Like, I mean, it's it's straightforward. It's you know who these guys are, what their motivations are, what their origin stories are, if you will. Um, all of it. I like FTR a whole lot right now. You're right. Yeah, because the 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 tweak in their character is that they're fighting to become the best and to provide for their family and to be a role model for their family, right? Which is still things they said to a certain degree when they were with the pinnacle, right? When they were talking about uh, with Santana and Ortiz, hey, we got a family at home. We're going to make sure you don't take food off our table, right? That was still said, but they were heels. So there's just a small tweak now that they're baby faces. So it's not something out of the ordinary. And as they want to become the greatest tag team in the world, it would make sense that they would go to Mexico and face the Lucha Bros or whoever it was, or go to Ring of Honor and take on the Briscoes. And that's admirable, right? It's like the, oh, you guys want to be the world champions? Then go across the world and fight these motherfuckers. And they're like, challenge accepted. And so that's what they're doing. Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Done, did it. Yeah, so this was a great episode. I'm excited for Rampage. I think that's next week, not this week. If I, mm. again, I don't fact check. I'm, I watch them all anyhow, but I think it's next week's rampage. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, but even Texas this one coming up match. tomorrow, oh, we this record this on Thursday, right? Fun. Even this one coming up is going to be great. Yeah. yeah. This one, the, the, the rampages are always fun television. Cause I feel like it's the fastest hour in all of TV. Uh, so I will watch it every single time. Some of the steam is let out because for example, on Friday night, you saw, I think it was Top Flight taking on um, the Young Bucks, or I can't remember who the Young Bucks took on, but the Young Bucks wrestled on Friday night, but then somehow were also at Ring of Honor and super kicked the Briscoes, right? So it's like, well, this is taped kind of, right. you know, the, the edge of live TV is taken out of right. it. So that's why I don't think it hits the numbers that it could, but I also understand, like, that's a lot of fucking television, right? You're going to... Live television is infinitely harder than pre-taped. Like it's and it's and it's also infinitely more expensive, right? You gotta yeah, have the those cost cameras of it fucking is. Right. Yeah. That's where I think hear me out. This is what I think you do with Rampage. I think since you already have that working relationship with Universal, you put the destination spot for Rampage at Universal. You put it live. Friday nights, and I understand the audience is going to be somewhat of the Disney crowd because they're there, or Universal crowd because they're there, but people <clears> will yeah. go just like they did to Full Sail University for NXT shows. They will go if you're putting on captivating television live Friday nights for yeah, Rampage. Make it your like, home base thing. Yeah, right? make it the ECW arena, right? Call it whatever it is. Call it, what is uh, uh, NXT called their fucking place? It's the Capital Wrestling Center. Or oh, whatever. Capital Wrestling Center. Yep. Yeah, I think that's true. Because like, if yeah, if you had Dynamite here on the road show, right, and then home base is, is Rampage, and once in a while one of the big stars from Dynamite's going to show up on a Rampage, and you know, like one of them each week's going to come do a big thing. But then it's also another place to showcase some of the next level down folks trying to get to that level, right? It it, it creates like a clear like, hey, you're here, but you want to be here, right? You got to win here. We'll get you here. 
oh, I think there's a lot of great ideas you could do if that's what uh, you wanted to do was make Rampage at Universal Studios and make it your home base. Because then you could say for the television championship, right? The TNT championship, this is going to be defended on our home base. Or if you do have a feud of like, yeah, the rampage get, championship but eventually you're going to get down the road where it's like i've been yeah. here since day one well i've been here since day one and so for the soul of aew you do it at your fucking home base center right like that's where i think you could really hit some home runs and again make it a destination spot tim you and i would go to i think it's orlando orlando florida for a fucking rampage right like hey, not much else i'd go there for so yeah fuck the state but you get what i'm saying like nice weather and uh, my brother's down there but other than that fuck that place hopefully it drowns um no i'm kidding uh i would go it would be fun (laughs) sea levels are rising is all i'm saying as i'm saying i wouldn't build too many dams i would just get out of there (laughs) Yeah. yeah lucky california good luck um yeah man I'm all excited. Uh, Dynamite was great. I'm excited for Rampage. WrestleMania is what it was, but we've been saying that increasingly more over the years, so I think we expected that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just excited to watch another week and come back here and talk about it again. The Spanish Announce Table.